BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Did you know that March 21st is National Single Parents Day? Did you know that there actually is a National Single Parents Day? It's about time single parents get the recognition they deserve and be celebrated. One way to celebrate single parents is to encourage them to have some time for themselves. And that is where STIR comes in. STIR is the number one dating app designed for single parents. STIR is a place where being a single parent is your strength. STIR is where you can relax and be yourself, not just a parent and snack supplier. STIR is where you don't have to apologize for having a hectic schedule. Your kids go to bed at eight, but you don't have to. Dating as a single parent does not mean that you're looking for a new co-parent. Most single parents are looking to just have fun and meet new people without any pressure or judgment. And you know, finding time to have coffee with one of your friends is so hard to do, let alone taking the time to figure out how to manage the schedule. And if someone isn't on the same page as you, and you are a parent trying to make everything work and just have a little bit of time for yourself to date and find love, connection, companionship, it's important that the person on the other side also understands what it's like to be a single parent. STIR is the app designed for parents who just happen to be single. Download STIR or tell your single friends to try it out. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman, and today's episode, I'm continuing my discussion from last week with Dr. Gabor Matei, who is a physician, world-renowned author. And today's episode is a little bit different because it's kind of what I would normally edit out and not share with everyone. It got very personal. But I wanted to share it with you in case it helps everybody think along the lines of what we were talking about. So in this case, we talked about my early experiences as an infant and how that might have informed some of my later reactions, responses, and ways of moving through the world. One of the things we talked about was what my mother was going through when I was an infant. And I felt kind of uncomfortable having this disclosure on my podcast without mentioning it to my mom. So I mentioned this to my mother and she said to me, you know what? You're right. When you were an infant, I was going through something and I would just hold you and cry so much. Whereas your older sister was 
old enough that I knew to kind of keep it together. And so I didn't have the same emotional expression when I was with her, but with you, I almost like held you and rocked you and just sobbed my eyes out. And it was so interesting because first of all, I'm so close with my mother and I love her so much. And this was not about like, oh, you did something when I was an infant and now look at me today. It was much more just so incredible that we can still have relationships and grow and communicate and understand ourselves better and better. And it was an interesting thing for me to think about just in the way that we talk about all of this, how much is put on mothers. So if you enjoy this episode, please don't hesitate to write a little review, give it a five-star rating, and of course, DM me with any questions or feedback that you have. And on my Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast, I have a free newsletter, Dr. Lisa Pressman dot substack dot com and my Apple podcast premium content is out. Season three is all about mindfulness practices for busy parents. The fact is that human beings are vulnerable from the moment they're conceived to the moment they die. But in this society, we're programmed to deny and escape from our vulnerability. And that creates so, so many terrifying. Problems. It's so terrifying, yeah. And so how, if you go back in time and you have young children and you're trying to help them be in the world with skin that can navigate all the different environments yeah. and you know, you know, you know, like, okay, well this kid, I need to give them a few more coverings and this kid is fine. They can go out without their shirt on. Yeah. But I also want them to know that even if they get a little hurt, that's just part of the game and yeah. I'm not going to be so worried or I'm not going to, it's not going to mm. put me in a place of my own terror. How, how could we help that change the sort of water in, in our children's lives? Yeah. Well, first of all, by dealing with ourselves, because we tend to project our fears and anxieties and our pains onto our children. When one of my children was small, he had a bit of diarrhea because he had a bit of a stomach flu, you know? Nothing tragic. But I looked at him and I started crying. And my wife said, what? She's just a baby with a bit of poop, you know? What I, what I didn't know then, but I read later in my mother's diary, is when I was a year old, I had severe dysentery. And oh, that's, wow. the, that's the implicit memory. I was projecting my pain and onto my child, you know? And we tend, wow. to, do that. We tend to do that kind of automatically and, and unwittingly. So... Thich Nhat Hanh, the great Buddhist teacher, said that the greatest gift any parent can give to their child is his or her own happiness. So, first of all, be comfortable in yourself. Then that, that'll create a comfortable space for the child to, to thrive in. So it's not so much how you relate to the child. It's, first of all, how you're relating to yourself. It's and hard to uh, do because culturally it's considered quite selfish. Yeah. When you're, particularly for mothers, I would say for mothers... Yeah. The martyrdom of motherhood feels like good parenting. It just feels like, right? So the scope is pretty broad. But from you, can you speak to that a little bit? The that martyrdom feeling so yeah. important so thing to. Yeah. So first of all, there's a terrible burden on mothers in this society because it's part of the toxicity of the culture. 
because people were never meant to mother as individual right alone warriors in a isolated apartment or bungalow how we evolved as a species over millions of years and how we parented even in the lifetime of our own species homo sapien sapien for the last 200,000 years until about if if the existence of our own species is an hour then until 5 minutes ago we parented in small band hunter gatherer groups where mothers had all kinds of support where the whole tribe was the parent you know when an elephant baby is born you know what happens when the female elephant the mother goes into labor the other mothers stand around when the little elephant plops onto the dust they all stroke them with their tongues oh, this is this is, this is elephants human beings were meant to be parented in 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 a communal grouping so the burden on individual mothers is severe in a society not to mention in the united states 20% of women or 25% of women i forget the statistic have to go back to work within 2 weeks of giving birth for economic reasons yeah. which amounts to a massive abandonment to their babies because that baby needs to be with the mother for many 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 months and breastfed that's not the fault of the mother that's how the system works that that's the first point then is the isolation and the second point is and again there's a chapter on this in the myth of normal is that women are acculturated not only to take on the burden of the emotional stresses of their children but also of their spouses so that in the new york times during covid there was an article called society shock absorbers which is a study that women took on the task of absorbing their spouses and their children's stresses during covid and when they didn't feel successful in having done so they felt guilty right that's such a great way of putting it no so i have a chapter called society shock absorbers that plays a terrific havoc with the woman's health the women the reason i say that women have 80% or 70% of autoimmune disease is because all the stress that they take on mhm and they and they're taught to ignore their own needs so women are really there's the martyrdom of motherhood and it's not the fault of individual mothers it's just the way the society is set up and the culture and the cultural expectations on women and the cultural roles that are untrained in men and women it's toxic now where does that lead to mhm high rates of postpartum depression what does that lead to the infant takes that depression of the mother personally and it actually affects the, 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 the you, you, they've looked at the electroencephalograms of infants at 6 months of age of mothers who were depressed and whose mothers who were not depressed you could tell from the age of the baby whose mother was depressed and whose wasn't mm. because the mother's emotional states program the physiology of the child's brain i don't make this stuff up this is brain science we've known this for decades no and and actually it's why it's important to say because you can treat postpartum depression and it's a mm. matter of paying attention and caring for the you know the mothers so that they can yeah. get the care so that this doesn't have that trickle effect and waking up the husbands the, the, the fathers to their role yes but you know this is a sacred time when your baby is small you know and but in a lot of marriages mine included i have to say at that time <laughs> my wife had two sets of babies one set was really small the other was in his 40s you know and the energy that goes into the big baby which is how men are 
taught to relate to their women, you know, yeah. is taken away from the small babies. And again, it's nobody's fault, but that's just how it works. We have to wake up. So there's a lot of stresses in families for all these reasons, not to mention economic, social, political stresses. Now kids are growing but in a stressed environment. What does a small child do with stresses? They scatter their minds so that they don't suffer so much. Now we have this burgeoning incidence of attention deficit disorder for which we medicate the hell out of kids. Instead of paying to the attention to the environment, they're stressed them in the first place. Then we tell parents, your kids got this neurological brain disease. Hell, the science shows that the brain develops an interaction with the emotional environment. Let's fix the emotional environment. That child will develop dif develop differently rather than just saying that there's a biological disease here. I'm not saying there's no biology there. I'm just giving you the science that the biology is shaped by our relationships. And now a quick break so I can tell you about my sponsors. So we're talking about health and mental health. That means we absolutely have to talk about a good night's sleep. So it's my pleasure to talk about the fun part of a good night's sleep, which is getting into a cozy, delicious bed that has super soft, buttery sheets. It may sound ridiculous, but you know what? If you invest in comfortable ways of sleeping, you're going to get to it so much happier. And the signature hem sheets from Bolin Branch are a bestseller for a reason. Bolin Branch uses the highest quality 100% organic cotton threads on earth, and each set is slow made for a superior softness and a better night's sleep. They actually feel buttery to the touch. They're super breathable. And so that means they're perfect for both cooler and warmer weather and people who run cool or run hot. Sleep better at night with Bowl and Branch sheets because Bowl and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. So get 15% off your first order when you use the promo code HUMANS at B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. That's bowlandbranch.com, promo code HUMANS. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. So if you're among them, I'm pretty sure I am since I used to have the thickest hair that I would complain about it. And now I have a tiny little ponytail. So you should know that you're not alone and there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. And this is definitely not something that women like to talk about. Going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. It can come at a time in life when so many changes are happening to your body. It's time to change the conversation and join women who are standing up for their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support the show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code HUMANS to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, of course, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O. 
N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code HUMANS. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code HUMANS. Okay, so now what do you do when the biology is shaped by the current relationship and also the epigenetics of it all? I'm going to inter- interrupt you right now. If you, permit, if you permit me, okay? I'm so excited. Is it okay if I ask you a few questions? Sure. So I'm, I'm going to go to the, the, the usual routine. Nobody sexually abused you? Nope. Nobody hit you? Nope. Your parents didn't hit you? My parents didn't hit me. They didn't hit each other? They didn't hit each other. They didn't drink? They had no addictions? No. Nobody was having affairs? My dad was definitely having affairs. <laughs> I mean, I, my parents no, were divorced. No, 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 okay, no, 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 wait, no. Your dad was having affairs. Yes. How did your mother feel about that, do you think? Well, they got divorced when I was a year and a half, so I don't think she was particularly... Okay, no, no, no. I'm asking, how did, how did she feel, do you think? Unsafe, sad, rejected. Okay. How do you think that made you feel as an infant? Mm. Can you imagine, you got two girls, imagine one yeah. of them one and a half, and you're the mother, and you're feeling unsafe, rejected, and so on. How's your one and a half year old feeling? How is your one year old feeling? How's your six month old feeling? Yeah. Well, no, I'm asking you. I can't even imagine. Well, there's your safe childhood. Yeah. Okay. I've just begun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever bullied? In- <laughs> Were you ever bullied in school? No. Okay, you weren't great. Did you ever feel sad or alone or upset as a child? Of course. Who did you speak to? Probably my mom. No, no, probably is not an answer. My mother or my diary. You, you do remember talking to them? I do remember talking to my mom. Always? Not always. Okay. If your child felt upset, sad, alone, who do you want her to talk to? I mean, me or anybody who can be there for her. And if she didn't talk to you, how would you explain that? I would probably explain it as she didn't think I could handle whatever it was she was giving to me that she was going through. But she didn't trust you? Yeah. What's it like for a child not to be able to trust in the safety of the parent? Mm. I could go on, but I think I've tortured you enough. It's not torture, but I'm it's joking. still I'm, I'm, to I'm me. joking. I'm joking. But, yeah, know. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still... It's so true. Like the fact that I was like, never really paid attention to that first year and a half, given what I do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's still the hypervigilance of this particular subset of the population, parents who are super worried because, you know, starting with, let's yeah. just start with my grandparents. Of course, I can't even fathom. I mean, we're super invested in trying to figure this out. But how much of that is shaped by things that happened generations ago and how much of it is shaped currently? Well, look, there's a lot to what you say. And and, and certainly, although my mother never mm, expected or insisted that I should become a physician, she certainly would tell me that as a physician, you carry your profession in your head and in your handbag. And it doesn't matter when you have to leave and go in the world, you, you'll have security. You know, so that's certainly wow. a Jewish. Right. You know, I get that, you know. 
but in my understanding of human beings is what happens in our own lifetime to us. That's the, mo- the most important dynamic. Mm. I can see all kinds of reasons why you would be hypervigilant from the womb onwards, given your mother's emotional states. I don't need to need bring in generations. It's there and it has an impact, but it's not even necessary for me to bring it in, for me to understand why a child in that situation would be hypervigilant. You know? So I think what happens to us in this life, based on the emotional states of our parents, is the most important thing to look at, rather than, um, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I've literally been blaming my grandma this entire. Yeah, no, look, I, I, I understand, and 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 that is, and that certainly played a role in the psychology of your parents and your grandparents, but but the fear that you have is rooted in your own lifetime. You're right, and and actually, as as you say that, that feels much more empowering of course it is but tell me more but why is it empowering i'm just curious why why do you say it's more because i've had the same experience same kind of realization and i found it empowering but what do you find empowering about it that i don't have to expect yeah that that sort of the the groundwork was laid and i'm going to be on heightened alert and you know forever as will my children and their mm-hmm. children and their children but that yeah. we have some impact by yeah. setting up a safer environment with, you know, in the world that we're living in today with our children and the relationships that we have. You know, just this morning, I reached out to a friend of mine, a very well-known LA psychiatrist, because I've been through a difficult time over some public event that I was involved in, you know? And without going into the details, the essence of it is that I wasn't seen. And as soon as I realized that the reason I was upset is because I wasn't seen. But that wouldn't matter so much, except that in me, there's a desperation to be seen because I wasn't seen as an infant. And that threatened my life. So not being seen is a life threat. So as soon as I realized that, I just felt this relaxation and empowerment inside. Ah, so that's what it's about. That was an hour ago that before this conversation. That makes so much sense. That that makes sense. Yeah. And then it that, that's what's empowering is that it exactly. makes sense as you're saying it. Exactly. And as soon as that became clear, my physiology changed. I woke up this morning really upset. And after this conversation, huh, there's nothing wrong. Here I am, you know? It's manageable all of a sudden. There's nothing even to be managed. There's nothing wrong. Now, is that the kind of, I'm sorry, though, that you woke up this way. And I'm glad that it's feeling. Thank you. But is that something you would share with your kids or your partner just to, I don't know, alleviate the pressure that it's not about anything else? I shared it with my partner, my wife, Ray, who, big news, already saw it anyway, you know? (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm sorry for laughing because it's not <laughs> funny, but there's something. It, it, it is funny. No, <laughs> no. She's like, go figure. Go, go figure, yeah. But, you know, she's very relieved to have me realize it, you know. With my children, when it's appropriate, if they're interested, you know. My, my own particular kids have had enough of hearing about my internal dynamics, you know. I mean, my son with whom I wrote the book, I mean, he, the myth of normal, I mean, he, he doesn't need to hear any more about my internal dynamics. He's gotten enough of, he really has gotten to know you. He's got to know me. Yeah. And how did it go for you with your well, son? Well, 
first of all, he's a brilliant lyricist and wordsmith. And this book was too big for me to do on my own. It was just, it was, it was the labor of 10 years of research, 25,000 research papers that I collected, mm. and newspaper reports, books read, people interviewed, hundreds of interviews to be transcribed. Then I had to fashion a book out of it. And I really needed somebody else here. And my son is Daniel. It's just a brilliant one who knows his dad enough and who's got who's inside me enough to understand what I was trying to say, but would help me fashion it in a way that was more that was actually palatable, you know? I'm a good writer, but I needed help with this one. So he provided that. It was tense at times because I would get tense because I get frustrated about the progress of the book or my blockages at times about not knowing what to say next. And when I get tense, that would bring up his own childhood memory of a tense father and what that meant for him. Mm. And there was a certain sense, I'm pretty sure on his part, that how can he be the equal partner of such a famous and effective father? You know, By the end of the book, it was beautiful. There was a mutually respectful back and forth, and the book really was a co-creation. The ideas were largely mine and you know, all the information, but the expression of it was mutual. And our next book is entitled, which we're working on now, Hello Again, A Fresh Start for Adult Children and Their Parents, which is, which is based on a workshop that we do together. There has to be something validating about even his interest in something that you're interested in and connecting with each other in this way. Because, I don't know, that, that's, that's lot, giving look, you... Look, look I... I Knowing what I know about child development and the influence of the early environment and the relationship with the parents, but having, having resolved, having not yet resolved my own internal traumas, I've spent a long time it's full of guilt for what I did to my kids or what I didn't get, give them, you know, and worry about them and so on. So I've come a long way, I've dropped that mostly, you know, and it's so liberating for me, let alone for them. They don't want to be the target of my guilt, you know? No. Nobody wants to be seen as somebody else's mistake, you know, but, but it, working on this book with my son really was validating that, you know, we've created, we've, we've forged a really strong relationship. The past is in the past and we can be in the present together. And that's an ongoing process, but it's, I'm telling you, it sure is liberating and, and satisfying. And now a quick break so I can tell you about my sponsors. Our health is just so important. So health optimization is made much easier these days. And I'm sharing this sponsor with you, Inside Tracker, to help you live your healthiest life. You can understand what's going on inside your body by using the Inside Tracker personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your own body. So they use data from your blood, DNA, and fitness trackers. Inside Tracker gives you personalized and science-backed recommendations on things that you can actually take control of to optimize your health. Inside Tracker tests and provides optimal ranges for over 40 biomarkers. The thing I love most about Inside Tracker is that they have a strict science-backed approach to everything they do. So if your specific biomarker is unoptimized, Inside Tracker provides recommendations that are backed by dozens of peer-reviewed studies and personalized to you. This process was set in place by their founders that include experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. 
And for a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up at insidetracker.com slash humans. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, then visit insidetracker.com slash humans. So we do family game night. We love hanging out and doing activities together, especially on the weekends. Even with teenagers, it's still our favorite thing to do. KiwiCo is redefining play and making engaging group game nights seriously fun. They create super cool hands-on projects designed to create a lifelong love for learning among kids. Now, our game nights are a little different with teenagers, but you start young just planting the seeds of this kind of stuff. So each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun that sparks creativity and kid-friendly topics and activities from engineering robots to learning about the science of cooking. There's just fun stuff for everybody and real hands-on things to explore. More importantly, you can get everything that you need for each project in the Kiwi Crate delivered to you. You don't have to add anything. And let's be honest, when you're tired and you've just (laughs) had enough free play and fun activities and you don't want to settle for screen time, this just makes it so easy for you. Get super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects that deliver to your door every month. So redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash humans. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com slash humans. Just to end on I what I think is so heartening and attainable is first, if you can speak to that thing that we're talking about, that early experience that that what really matters. And then the repair, which you're talking about now, which is when you don't feel like it went down the way you wished it would have gone down, that that doesn't mean that the story's over. Yeah. So every human being, actually, in fact, everything in nature has a healing capacity, whether it's a plant or an animal or human being. And much of modern medicine that I was trained in, brilliant and essential as it is in many cases, knows nothing about healing. It knows about cures, but not about healing. It doesn't know mm. how to, it doesn't know how to evoke the healing capacity in human beings, how to align with it, how to ally oneself with it. So what I've seen as a physician, experienced personally, and also as a therapist, people have immense healing capacities. So the question is, how do we evoke those healing capacities in ourselves and in others? First of all, believe in yourself and believe in them. You know, don't mistake them for their demeanor, their behavior, their their moods. See them as the full beings that they are. And so if you believe in them, you talked earlier about you can't protect them from all the pains. Let me give you a simple example that, you know, that for me works really well. A three-year-old is licking an ice cream cone. And the, he, it, he drops it. it. It lands in the dust, okay? Now, there's three responses. He, st- he gets upset. He starts crying, you know? You can say, stop whining. Think of the starving children in Africa. That's one, <laughs> that's one response, yeah. you know? The other response is, oh, no, let me get you another one. 
Mm-hmm. And the third, Goldilocks. The third is, oh, you dropped your ice cream. What a drag. You're so sad. You really were enjoying it, and now it's gone. Come here. Let me give you a hug. That's the only response that works. The first response invalidates the child emotions, which is a, he, they lost something. Why wouldn't they be upset? The, first, the second response of, I'll fix it for you, I don't believe in you at all. You're so weak. You can't handle loss. The third is, oh, you've lost something. What a drag. Come here. We'll get through this. I'm here. I'm here, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. Okay, so Gabor, you just captured, like if we could say all that we know about child development and parenting, like that story is so easy for people to remember, the three choices after the ice cream falls in the dust. And that is truly the crux of parenting in a way that, I mean, you can kind of translate that to every situation that we encounter. Yes, you can in the world. But I have to say there's a deeper layer to it. Let me hear it. Yeah. When the kid is crying because they dropped the ice cream cone and you offer to run to buy them another one, whose feelings can't you handle? Yes. Your own. I can't stand. I can't handle it. feel what it feels like to see you in this Yeah, yeah. So I have to... I have to rescue myself by buying you an ice cream cone. So you got to deal with yourself. Mm. Sure we can. <laughs> like it's not as it's not as overwhelming. I mean, there's like the forest and the trees, but this is like the big picture, and the rest is noise. And you know, we're all entitled to the noise if it makes us feel better. We want to fixate on it, but the crux of it really is those the way we respond in those in that moment and ways to figure out how to better respond in that moment like you said wait what is happening with me that i can't handle i have to go run and get the ice cream yeah that will help heal you to be able to move to the third response that you gave exactly but you can't do that if you don't know how to yeah. sit there yeah so parenting that way can be a wonderful school for us to get to know ourselves so what, I, what I'll say about that is that there's so much bad parenting literature, literature out there, which is just all focused on fixing the kid or, or, or controlling the child's behavior, and which is based on no understanding of children whatsoever. It all has to do with parents' goals and society's expectations. But then there's another body of literature, and I've contributed to it with my own books, and Dan Siegel and others, who are, which is all about how to parent my brilliant psychologist friend Gordon Neufeld, with whom I wrote Hold On to Your Kids, Why Parents Need to Matter More Than Peers. Dan Siegel, others, Chef Ali, his, her recent book, The, the Parenting Map. Mm-hmm. There's lots of great parenting books out there. And what I would say to parents is pay attention to the ones that understand the child, not that expects the child to be a certain way. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.